This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. I'm going to jump in the Word of God because I have uh, a little bit I want to cover. Um, so I want to talk about the principle of tithing because it is the foundation of all our giving. When you get this understanding that it it really opens up everything to you. And uh, what a great message last week. And uh, I'm just going to go in that direction and just tell you about tithing was something that was a problem for me. When I read the word, anybody else in here ever had a little issue with that? When I was having trouble with my finances and, and God was saying 10%, but see, it's not about losing 10% of your income. It, it, it's not about me having less. It's about me having the blessing. But until you understand that, it, it's not an easy thing to take that step. And I, I believe that's the reason you said, prove me in this. Put me to the test about this. But really, it's about giving my 10th in worship. It's a worship of them. It's, it's me honoring him for what he did for me. It's about me bringing worship and glory to my Savior, to my King, to the one who died for me. And I appreciate him. And that, that's one thing I, I need to say. Maybe you're a tither. Maybe you haven't been doing it in a worshipful setting. Sometimes you can just click the button I give online click the button where's the worship God I give this to you out of appreciation and to honor you as my source as the one who blesses me and, and it's taking some time and we can get in a routine well that's, that's off checklist it gave my tithe and no Worship. Make sure you're worshiping God when you do it. When you do it, because it is a worship to Him. He receives it as a, a aroma. It's a blessing. God's not after your money. How many have heard God's after your money, or the pastor's after your money? God's not after your money. He doesn't need it. He doesn't need us to give. We need to give because we need to be blessed. We're the ones that need to give. I mean, the streets are paved in gold there. There is no lack there. He doesn't need it, but we need to honor and worship him. We need to give to him. God's plan is to bless. Tithing's not legalistic requirement of God. I, I see it as me demonstrating my love to him it's life it's something I get to do I get to tithe now I get to honor him it's, it's remarkable to think there's something that I can take in this material world and I can lift it up to God and he's honored and worshipped and blessed by it that's what it's about but the enemy will try and talk you out of it. Well, you don't have enough now. God understands you're in a bind. 
God's wanting to bless us. He's wanting us to understand this, this principle. I tithe because I love God. It's the first fruit. It has the power to redeem the rest. The 90% gets blessed because I gave the 10. Romans 11 verse 16, it says, For if the first fruit is holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root is holy, so are the branches. The first portion carries the blessing. The first portion connects me with my covenant. The first portion brings honor and glory to my high priest who sits at the right hand of Father God, making intercession for me. I want Jesus standing in the gap for me. I don't know about you. And how do I engage him? By recognizing and acknowledging who he is. And bringing him to tithe in worship and honor. The very thing that I have to have on this earth to exist here. To exist and to thrive in this earth. You're going to have to have money. Say money. money. You're going to have to have it. But I take that which I have to have to make it in this earth. And I present it to him. And I give it to him. The first. Tenth means the first. The first ten percent. I give to God. I honor him. It doesn't go to my mortgage payment. doesn't go to the phone company. doesn't go to my utilities. doesn't go to vacation. It goes to God. And I honor him with it. And say, well, I just don't know. You know, COVID and all these things happening in the earth. Fear comes against you. That's when you rise up. No, I'm a tither. I'm protected. God's got me. How many know if God's got you, you're in pretty good hands there? The best. God's got you. So you have to remind him. Charles Capps, a wonderful teacher of the word. His crops, there'd been no rain. He had no crops come in. Nobody in the area did. There was no rain. And he got before the Lord and said, Lord, what do I do? He said, just go out there and speak to the field and remind the field that you're a tither. He said, what? There's nothing out there, Lord. You planted something, didn't you? Well, there's nothing coming out. Go out there to your field and remind the field that you're a tither. So he goes out there in the field. He's out there walking. I'm a tither. Listen to me. Come up, crop. Come up, crop. You know what happened over his field? It rained on his field only. And he had bumper crop. Because he said, you know, I'm a tither. I have protection. Oh. See why I don't do it without tithing. In Genesis, Adam was God's steward. I like to say manager. And there was one tree, remember, he was not to eat of. That was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. One tree out of all these trees, and God said, that's my tree. Don't eat of it. 
He was to cultivate it and harvest it and give it to God's first fruit. But what happened? He decided, or Eve decided, Adam was right there with her. They decided to eat of that fruit. They ate what belonged to God. And what happened to them? They got evicted. There's a difference in owner and steward or manager. We talk about we give our 10% that I have 90% to do what I want to. Actually, you come to the place, it's all his. 100% is his. He's my source. So there's a difference in being an owner and being a manager. It's just like when you rent a house. When you rent a house, you're not the owner. But there's certain things that you can do just like the owner can do. Usually you can paint, you can decorate, you can make some improvements. But there's certain things that you cannot do. You cannot put a sign up in the yard of the house that you're renting and put for sale. You can't call for a bulldozer to come and you want to start over and level the house. Doesn't work that way. God is the owner. So Adam didn't acknowledge God's authority and his ownership. He didn't acknowledge his sovereignty. And we all need to always remember. You know, you're going to be in heaven. Yes, I know we're made in the image of God. We're co-heirs of Jesus. But you know, no one in heaven's going to come up to Bob and go, Oh, Bob, and lay down and worship me. Because the source of my life and my righteousness for all eternity is the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the one that we're all going to bow before. And the Father. And give him the honor and the glory. Because he is God. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. When Adam ate of the tree, he attempted to put himself on God's level. And he got evicted. It was the principle of the tithe. Matthew 6, 21. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. New Living says, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. There is a connection, like we heard last week, between your heart and your wallet, your money. Well, I just don't feel like being a tither will just start doing it out of obedience and your heart will get into it because your heart will follow. I had friends that started tithing on what they wanted their income to be and they got promotions because they started tithing on where they wanted to be in their future. I'll just throw that out there. You, you know, thinking about it, this might come as a shock to you. God believes the Bible. He believes this stuff. <laughs> he believes the Word. So we can't redefine the way we want to do things. We got to do things God's way. He knows best. His way is always better. 
but the enemy will come against you. He tempted Eve to eat. He'll say, you can't afford this. You're in a bind. But I say, you can't afford not to. You want the blessing of God in your life? The Bible even says, Jesus said, this is trusting God in the least is finances. He said, if you can't be trusted in what belongs to another man, how can you be trusted with the true riches? God wants us to take the step, if you haven't, and to trust him and believe him and prove him. In Matthew chapter 3, verse 6, For I am the Lord, I do not change, therefore you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. You, from the days of your fathers, you have gone away from my ordinances or his ways, have not kept them. Return to me, I will return to you says the Lord of hosts. But you said, in what way shall we return? He says, well, man robbed God, yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. How is God robbed when we don't give him our tithe? And then uh, talk about offerings later, but how is he robbed? He's robbed of blessing us. He's robbed of worship that he's worthy of. But every good father wants to provide and protect and, and bless his kids. And he's a good father. He's the best father. And he wants to bless. But he tells us how to do it. We have to take that step and do it his way. It says in verse 9, you're cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me even this own nation. Do I believe we're redeemed from the curse? I do. I believe now we are redeemed from the curse. But there is a curse, not of the law, but of the fall. And this curse means that there is a, a spirit out there called mammon and greed and using money where money says, I will give you every desire of your heart. I'll bring you security and peace and happiness and joy. Only what God can provide, mammon promises that, but it's a lying spirit. And it rests upon money. It rests upon the world system. And you're cursed. It didn't say that God cursed you. He just said you're cursed. You're cursed because you robbed me and you haven't redeemed your money. I've heard this said before and it really didn't bless me. Preachers say if you don't tithe, God will take it out in doctor bills. It's ridiculous awful this ma manipulation and trying to coerce and, and and force people to do this it comes by revelation in our free will choice but the world's under a curse it was a curse from adam it's in the earth it's kind of like if you're in a storm 
and this thing's the rain's pounding on you and everything, and you open an umbrella and you're shielded from the storm. There's storm all around you, but you're shielded from it. Now, if I throw down that umbrella, is it God's fault that I'm getting wet and the storm is hitting me? No, it's not God's fault. We made the choice. It's kind of like the tithe. The tithe is your umbrella. There's a curse in the earth, but we're walking with God's protection. And let me tell you, his umbrella is awesome. His umbrella doesn't leak. His umbrella didn't turn inside out like my little one did not too long ago. The umbrella, it's protection. I am in a place of God's protection because I honor him as my source, my protector, my everything. And I keep the umbrella on. Amen. So the world is laboring around us under a curse. Even says the planet is in travail and groaning. I mean, there's a lot of curse and travailing and groaning going around in, in the world. But not tithings like coming out from under protection. We've been delivered from darkness into the kingdom of this dear son. But we've been delivered from darkness, but not the presence of darkness. Have you noticed there's darkness around us? But see, we're to be like the land of Goshen. We're to be protected when all this chaos, all this stuff going on, we're protected. Because we belong to God. We're submitted to him. And we're honoring him and giving him first place in our life. In Genesis chapter 4, verse 11 through 12, it talks about Cain killed Abel. If you remember this. So now you're cursed from the earth. Say from the earth. Which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you till the ground it shall no longer yield its strength to you. A fugitive and a vagabond you shall be on the earth. So we see there's consequences for sin here. Uh, Cain lied to God. And you know the story, but interesting here, it says the earth has cursed you. The earth has cursed you. So the, you, it will no longer yield its strength. In other words, you're not going to have crops come up. Now, that's bad news for a farmer. When you go out to plant and everything, and the earth has cursed you. Bad news. I mean, it got to Cain, and Cain said... What's going on? People are going to kill me. They're going to be after me. And God, in his mercy, protected Cain. But I want you to remember, it was a curse from the fall. What he did was did not, he denied God his first fruit, his tithe. He denied God that and gave him not first, but leftovers. The leftovers. We give to God first. In verse 10, bring all the tithes into your storehouse. May be food in my house and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. Now here, I'll just go straight to the chase here. It's, <laughs> bring the food into the storehouse and be meat in my house. God doesn't need your money, 
but the church needs your money to preach the gospel and to do what God has called us to do, to make disciples and to go forth in his power and his authority. But he said, prove me. Put me to the test. We don't see this any place in scripture. It's up here. Put me to the test. God is putting his name on the line about this promise. He said, put me to the test in this. One translation says, you want to be blessed? I challenge you to bring your full tithes. When the whole tenth of all that comes into your hands, there may be a complete provision in my house. All that is needed and desired there for my ministers, repent and put me to the test by it. Luke 16, 10, he was faithful and was least, is faithful also in much. And he, get off of there, whoever you open. And he who is unjust and was least is unjust also in much. So we see that God's word is a test for us. Will you obey his word or not? This is a heart test. Now, God doesn't tempt you. There's a big difference in, in tempt and a test by will you obey his word? Will you do what he says? When you pass the tithe test, you get to test God. God's not going to ask you to do something he wouldn't be willing to do. He said, test me. Uh, he said, prove me. And it's a test of our heart. Once we pass that test, then you test God and watch what happens. That's the reason I love this time of year because we are flooded with testimonies of what God does. And we've been having if you noticed, a lot of promotions, a lot of increase, a lot of blessings in people's lives. And I just believe it will increase and continue. We see this in Abraham. Remember Isaac? That was uh, the tithe. He had to give his, his son. Remember firstborn, devoted things, first fruits, all these, the tithe. All these are, belong to God. And Abraham was told to give his son. Isaac. And what happened? The supernatural provision came before he took his son's life. But God said, I know your heart. It was a heart test. Then you had Joshua. You remember the promised land. They went in and they took Jericho. The first city in the promised land, God says, it's all mine. Every bit of it. Put in the treasury of the Lord's house. And that's that's what they were to do. Why? It was the tithe. He didn't ask that for any other city in the promised land. He took the first one, the first portion where the blessing is, where they could take the rest of the cities. What am I saying? Do it first. And then you come to Jesus, and Jesus is called the firstborn, and he's called the firstfruits. Jesus is God the Father's tithe that redeemed you and purchased you where you could be a son or daughter of God. He wouldn't ask you to do something that he hasn't already done. And he gave his son as his tithe to be planted in the earth and raised up where you could have new life in him. Somebody say hallelujah or something. <laughs> Thank you. Verse 10. 
Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Try me in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a, bless, a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. See, a lot of times people are trying to get answers from God, but the window's closed. Open the window. What's window for? To give you sight, to give you understanding. You're wondering what step to take, which direction to take. Worship God with your tithe. Open the window where you can see. What happens when you don't tithe, you don't put God first, you open the door for confusion. I've seen it many times. Those that are not tithe, I just don't know what to do. I don't, I just go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Are you a tither? No, I've never. That's opened the window for you. Let me share with you a moment about putting God first as your source. And they open the window and all of a sudden they see, oh, there's a world out there. Oh, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. And they take the steps and confusion leaves and clarity comes and vision is poured out in them. Why? Because God promised to. And he said, try me. Put me to the test in this and watch what I'll do. Watch what I'll do. In verse 11, I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. So that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. Now remember I just talked about Cain. He was cursed by the ground. It was a curse of the fall. Now here comes God and says, I'm going to rebuke the devourer for you. Your crops will not fail. Did you notice what just happened? He just removed you from the curse of of the fall and says, now your crops are not going to fail. That means your livelihood, whatever you're doing, are not going to fail. If, if you lose this, God's got something better. But you got to say, I'm a tither and I have a promise from you. And I know that the devourer's rebuked and my livelihood is protected. I'm secure in you because you're my source. Hallelujah. Through the tithe, the curse is removed. Your crop is protected. You can sow seed now and it will multiply. It's also spiritually, you can give seed, you can plant and it'll multiply. But you got to believe it and declare the promise of God. Well, you just don't understand, Pastor. I've lost my job. God's got another job for you. Well, you, there's no jobs around. Then create one. Call it in. God's got plenty for you to do. Amen? He's a creative God. He's not going to leave you out in the cold. Look to him. He's got the answer. He's got the way. There's more opportunities today for the body of Christ than ever before. I saw and praying that, you know, it's less than 10% of the body of Christ that tithes. But I saw a financial 
revolution touching the earth in the body of Christ. And the number was going to flip-flop. 90% are going to tithe and 10% not. And watch out, nothing will stop the gospel. Nothing will stop it. All nations will call you blessed. Blessed means have the right to go forward and to prosper. You'll be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. So we have before the law, Abraham, 500 years before the law, he tithed Melchizedek. It says, then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He's priest of God most high. He blessed Abraham, saying, blessed be Abraham by God most high, creator of heaven and earth, and blessed be God most high who delivered your enemies into your hands. This Melchizedek, king of Salem, king of righteousness, this is, there was no churches or anything there. He gave to Melchizedek, the high priest. There's no record of his, a beginning or ending of him. And God and Abraham goes, I'm going to give you the tithe. Give you the tenth. Before God can bless, sanctify your money, we must take the tithe, which is dedicated to him and belongs to him, present it to him as an act of worship. And that's what he did. Jacob, 400 years before the law, he commits to give. And it's interesting, in the original it says he committed to give the tenth. The tenth. In other words, he had been taught about tithing. He got a little squirrely there. But he had been taught to tithe. His Papa Abraham taught him. It was passed down. We should all be teaching our children to tithe. Under the law, Leviticus 27.30, a tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord, is holy to the Lord. Holy means a, a, a sacred thing dedicated, set apart, set in a fixed position towards an appropriate end. It's a holy thing to God. It's a spiritual thing. Proverbs 3, verse 9, Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all your produce. So shall your barns be filled with plenty and your vats overflow new wine. Doesn't sound like to me that you're having less, you're having more. And then the New Testament, Matthew 23, 23, what sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law, and you Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb uh, gardens. But you ignore the most important aspects of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. You should tithe. Yes, but do not neglect the most important things. Every time Jesus could say, hey, guys, let me just tell you now, we're going to do away with tithe. <laughs> but he said, no, you should tithe. But see, the Pharisees had no mercy. They had no compassion in their life, in their heart. There was no faith. They were doing it to be seen of men. We used to, you know, come and we would give our offering, you know, at, at the altar. And I remember some people saying, that's not right because they're seen of men. No, it's the heart. I don't give to be seen the men. It's a big difference. 
But the Pharisees, you read about it, they were blowing trumpet in the streets. Hey, gather everybody I'm about to give. They had their rewards, what Jesus said. <laughs> Hebrews 7, verses 1 through 10. You can read Hebrews, really, the end of 5, 6, and 7. But this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all, first being translated king of righteousness, then also king of Salem, meaning king of peace, without father, without mother, without genealogy, neither having beginning of days nor end of days, but made like the Son of God, remains a priest continually. So Jesus Christ is after the order of Melchizedek, he, Melchizedek was a type of Jesus. Now consider how great this man to whom even the patriarch Abraham gave a tenth of the spoils. Indeed, those who are of the sons of Levi who receive priesthood have a commandment to receive tithes from the people according to the law, that is, from their brethren, though they have come from the loins of Abraham. But he whose genealogy is not derived from them received tithes from Abraham and blessed him who had the promise. Now beyond all contradiction, the lesser is blessed by the better. That's covenant talk there. When you covenant with someone, everything that they have is yours. Everything you have is theirs. We're blessed by the greater one because we're in covenant with the greater one. We're the lesser one there in case you're having problems. That verse. We're the lesser ones. Now beyond all contradiction, the lesser is blessed by the better. Here mortal men receive tithes, but there he receives them of whom is witness that he lives. Direct, directly speaking of Jesus that he is alive. This is speaking after the resurrection. It's talking about the church age. That tithing would continue. And when it says that they receive the tithe, and that is in present tense, that means currently processing, still continue, to continue. It's still an ongoing thing. I would not be surprised. I don't see this in Scripture that there's some type of tithe in heaven. I don't know how that would happen. I'm just, I wouldn't be surprised because he will always be honored for who he is. He is the one. I believe Melchizedek did have a beginning. He did have a father and mother. I, I, I believe that. But God has no beginning. And he will always be honored as God. Amen? So receiving is a current, ongoing, continual principle or ordinance of God. Verse 9, even Levi, who received tithes, paid tithes through Abraham, so to speak, for he was still in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. This verse is always just, uh, the Lord has just ministered this over and over to me, that Levi, it was accounted unto him as being a tither before he was born. We're talking about Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Levi, three generations past Abraham, says Levi, who received tithes, he was also a tither 
in Abraham. What's that tell me? There is a generational blessing upon the tither. And you want to move beyond that. It says you rob me in tithes and offerings. And we'll talk about that later. You got to first start with tithe. There is a generational blessing. I believe the best thing that you can do for your children, for your grandchildren, is to be a tither. I believe that has spiritual impact and influence beyond what we know. When Pastor Shauna's dad passed away, I was talking with her doodles, her grandma, and I said, and her grandpa's very successful. I said, what was it that caused him to be successful? And she didn't, I mean, it wasn't even a thought. I mean, it was just like this. He got a hold of tithing and giving and never stopped. And I'm telling you, that influence is passed down. I'm telling you, what you do is passed down to your kids. You have the greatest influence upon them spiritually than anyone else don't blame it on the youth director or you know whoever parents and you teach your children to tithe and honor God that he's our source so we got an opportunity today some of you are not tithers and on behalf of the Lord Jesus Christ, I want to invite you to put him to the test and test him if he'll not bless you. Take the step. Take the step. It was hard for me, but it was just like you put your foot in the water. It's a little cool. The only way I'm one of these, the only way I'm going in is I've got to go in. Because I will petty cake it and it'll be, you know, 30 minutes later I've got a leg in. I just had to jump in. I just jumped in. On paper we couldn't do it, but we did it and God honored it. God blessed it. He met every single need. And then we started giving above the tithe. And that's where multiplication starts coming. So there's a place, a link, that you can make this decision to become a tither. I want to encourage you to make that decision. I believe the blessing of God, I believe the promise of God, he will do it for you. He will bless you. You bring your tithe. And you bring it to the, to the house of the Lord and I, I believe with, uh, with Zach, I mean, if you're going to a dead church, don't bring your tithe there. For one thing, you don't need to be in a dead church. Leave where they teach the Word of God. But you bring it to the house of the Lord and you worship. You worship God with it. And it says he personally receives it as a holy thing from you. He personally receives it. It's received here by men, but he said there he receives it personally. 
That's awesome. That is awesome. That is awesome. I can get the attention of Jesus in heaven because he personally receives it from me. Mm, okay. I've lost, okay. Let me go through my, at the end here, it says, foundation for all your giving is a tithe. The enemy is out to steal your first fruits worship because he does not want you or your church to prosper. Communion declares Jesus' death, but tithing declares he lives. Tithing is to be a generational blessing in your family. It's our Christmas gift offering. We're giving today, and you've got to the end of the month to give. But this time to give what the Lord has spoken to you to give. Ellen and I prayed, and we both came into agreement, and we've we given. We, we gave online, and uh, there's a, a link that you can see, see for that to give your Christmas gift offering. But, I mean, I'm, my mind is legacy a lot. Uh, once you get this young, you start thinking about legacy. And I, I really believe the impact of being a tither and a giver when it's accounted for them as tithing and they didn't, it's awesome. It's huge. It's bigger than we, we know. We can't wrap our heads around it. So I want to invite you to give to the Christmas gift offering. And let's keep the gospel going. Let's bless these single parents. Christmas gifts. Let's uh, increase our capability to uh, bring more people here. There's a lot of things we want to do to improve getting the gospel out. But I want us to stand up. And those here that you got your Christmas gift offering, you give it the box afterwards. Some of you need to be a progressive giver. Talk about that some next week. But giving above the tithe. God wants you to give. He wants you to be like him. He's a giver. But I want us to just take a moment and to worship the Lord and let this song, The Blessing, because I, I really, that's what we talked about. It's the blessing of the Lord on our lives and on our families. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277.